You can't say that. Traitor. Traitor. She's still sleepy. Are you not well, honorable member? When are you paying the money? Hey, hey. Hong, Hong, Hong. You are not allowed to be emotional. Take your seat. Draw the Lela Pili. That's unparliamentary. Bye. Good day and welcome to our first edition of Sunday Times Politics Weekly for 2019. In the studio, we've got Apiwe de Klerk, Zimasa Matiwana and myself, Amil Amro. Thank you so much for joining us again. Um, we gave this a go last year and we got some overwhelming response from our listeners from the podcast. So we thought that this year we're going to give it all we have, bring in our major experts from our newsroom that are sitting with us today and really get into the crux of things. We've got an exciting year coming up. Elections are just on our doorstep. So what some might say the most controversial and the most important elections since 94. But leaving elections, I mean, let's just start with this week. Guys, the state capture inquiry was crazy since the beginning of this year. We had Basasa former executive Angelo Agrizi come in, spill the beans about everything that was happening between Basasa and government. And um, he really sort of set the pace for the year that's coming in terms of really looking into what happened at, at the stage for the past 10 years or even more. Um, let's just look at what happened today. Um, the state capture inquiry sat today after last week, and it will resume on, on Monday next week. Um, most importantly, we had two witnesses from the state capture inquiry who are employed there. They're the two investigators. We had Mr. Frank Dutton and Temba Mlambo. So Mr. Frank Dutton basically spoke about his investigation into what Angelo Agrizi told us earlier where he met Dudumuyeni at the Sheraton Hotel back in 2016. And Dudumuyeni had apparently given him secret NPA documents, which showed the progress of the case um, into corruption with Basasa. And what Frank Dutton did was he went back to the Sheraton Hotel and sort of went to look at the atmosphere and the rooms there and tried to corroborate a lot of what Angelo Grizzi was saying. And Angelo Grizzi had taken photos of those documents. And in the background was the the carpet in the room that they were on. So they oh went back, God. looked at the carpets, looked at the, what the room looked like, and basically concluded that Angelo was telling the truth. So Luckily, they hadn't changed the carpet. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> so that really just puts Dudu Mayeni on the hot box, even more than she already has been. And then Temba Mlambo, he was one of the investigators that uh, um, accompanied Busasa's employee, Richard LaRue, to a lot of the properties that Busasa, well, is said to have installed security upgrades to. I don't know if you guys remember last week, we were all sitting and looking at how big names came up in the inquiry, like Kwede Mantashe. This is the um, biggest, <laughs> Exactly. Nambula Makonyane, um, Dudu Muyeni, Tabang Makwetla, um, Vincent Smith from the ANC. All of these people allegedly had received security upgrades to their home that was funded by Busasa. And so Tembo went along with Richard LaRue and they went to all the houses in, in Johannesburg and they basically found that at Nomvula Makanyone's um, house, um, the same cameras that Pasasa had installed way back when are still there. Wow. <laughs> okay. So she didn't even bother to remove them. If we then went, or they went on to Desmond Nair, who is a chief magistrate in Pretoria, and those the installations, the installations that Pasasa did are still there. At McQuitler's property, though, the cameras have been taken out. And um, Vincent smart. Smith, the cameras at his house apparently are different from the one Basasa installed, but the same electric fence appears to still be there. Mm. So it seems that some of these guys have removed the equipment that Basasa have installed. Some of them have left them there. 
And I don't know, didn't Gwede say something about um, inviting journalists over to his property in the Eastern Cape to come and see? Yes, he, he has invited journalists uh, to go and view uh, all the installments that were done by Bosasa. Uh, we are not sure when. <laughs> Uh, we will be allowed to go to Tala, is it? Do you want to go? Elliot and Tala. Elliot and Tala. I want to go to Tala. That's like a 900 kilometers drive. I hope he's going to provide transport and maybe a Nando's meal on the way for lunch. Well, he's a farmer, so he probably slaughter a sheep for us. I don't know. Maybe Busasa can also provide. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah, Lemnyana. But, the yeah, the, the but with, with Gwede, um, uh, he's one of the most. Um, uh, influential and most important uh, uh, of currently in this current regime who has been implicated is a minister is serving in the top six uh, of the ANC it's going to be interesting how things unfold both from the party side and what he says when he eventually testifies uh, how much he's going to dispute and whatnot, and they would also like to see if he's kept the cameras and, uh, <laughs> and, and the fencing and all of that but the thing that, that sort of strikes me Zimosa is that um, Gwede Mantashe is seen as one of the people on Cyril Ramaphosa's camp mm-hmm. and now that he's been directly implicated in state capture or uh, said to have received um, undue um, sort of privileges from one of the companies involved in state capture do you think that it sort of casts a bad light on Ramaphosa's sort of faction in the ANC now? Um, look, I, 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 I don't think so I don't. I don't think it's a Ramaphosa faction thing. I think it's an ANC thing. Uh, corruption or corruption allegations are falling on both the former Jacob Zuma and and the Cyril Ramaphosa faction, and it would be unfair for anyone to associate Gwede's receiving of of these security upgrades and 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 stuff without paying to Cyril Ramaphosa. I. Look, Uramaposa, he has been trying to give accountability on all these corruption shenanigans. So I think what's what's going to be interesting is how he's going to act on someone that is perceived to be closest to him and uh, probably as powerful as Ramaphosa is. Well, see, the thing is, we know that the ANC is not going to make any major moves to the state capture inquiry before elections come. Yeah, I mean, yeah They're not no, going to go there and spill any beans before the elections come. And mm-hmm. I know that the ANC says that they're going to respond in stages to the allegations. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, Gwede Matashi has already appeared before the inquiry talking about um, the influencing the, blank, the banks to, to reopen the accounts of the Guptas. Um, and then probably there, there, there's more phases to come. I think Gwede Matashe does want to come back to the inquiry to sort of explain his side of things. And at the last person, apparently, is going to be Ramaphosa. I mean, if he's still president at the time. <laughs> um, there's that. When the state capture inquiry does come to a close in two years. Um, so it will be interesting to see. I don't think the ANC, by judging by the way that they're speaking to the public, Tizi Codward normally comes to the state capture inquiry and he has a little press briefing afterwards. It does not seem like the ANC is going to do anything about their members until the inquiry's final report has been published. Yeah, yeah which then uh, these allegations uh, have been made. Uh, it's before elections. Uh, after elections, when he's formulating his cabinet, uh, clearly, if that's the case, uh, the, the whole matter of Bosasa would then not be a factor when you are selecting who becomes minister and who who is not. Uh, if Gwede doesn't come here, uh, uh, and if uh, the ANC doesn't take any action before the state capture, 
you won't be able, he won't be able to justify and yeah. say uh well i can't reappoint you kwede uh, mantashe as the chairperson of the anc to my cabinet because you 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 have been tainted uh, also there's that smaller nyana question of Uh, himself, his son, and uh, that donation. So, uh, on the Bosasa matter, I think his hands are tied, uh, and he's going to probably play it safe in terms of let's win elections, uh, uh, and probably I don't know how they're going to negotiate between uh, the Gupta allies uh, and those who have been paid for uh, by Bosasa and justify who to harm and who who not to harm. It's it's going to be very tricky when he. They come back from election. Let's look back at Nstanshanene. When it when when it came out that he had lied in an interview with ENSA that said that he had never met with the Guptas, and he stepped down afterwards. Mm. Should ministers like Namvula Makanyane and Gwede Mantashe take the same sort of stance, Minister? <laughs> well, this is unfair. Maybe we should ask them about Gwede, about Namvula Makanyane. It's not going to happen. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think Kwedo would voluntarily step down either. I think I think Untlantlanene he was okay with taking one for the team, mm. you know? <laughs> and portraying this image that uh no this new dawn we are these accountable people, you know. He didn't even lie under oath. He lied to a, a journalist. Mm. You know they lie to us all the time. But <laughs> but he had to fall, you know. I I honestly I I think if if it wasn't Lanzanene, if it was anyone else, they wouldn't have gone anywhere. They would be like, okay, fire me. But but do do, do you think if Lanzanene would have testified after the issue of Posasa, he would have taken the it would have been the same, you know? I because maybe I maybe think so. honestly I think so. He's I don't want to say he's docile. <laughs> but he's like okay whatever I'll do whatever I'll go wherever and but like you can see the other ones are fighters they are not going anywhere <laughs> okay well let's move away from state capture for a little bit because there's another big development that's going to be happening on Thursday this week president Cyril Ramaphosa is going to deliver his second state of the nation address in parliament on Thursday sure it's I can't believe it's been a year already guys <laughs> I mean, yeah I, of, it's it's been a year of of a uh, Brahu Masekela's song uh, changing from being this wonderful classic to being the super annoying ANC anthem <laughs> that they don't even mean <laughs> so yeah it's been a very long year <laughs> I mean, but a lot has happened though so much has happened that I I can't even keep track of the months anymore. Um I, I mean I still remember the sort of time when they were sort of pushing Jacob Zuma out. We didn't know who was going to um, give the state of the nation address. It kept getting delayed. Everyone had so much animosity. The ANC was falling apart so apparently and then all of a sudden Jacob Zuma comes out and he's like okay well yeah, remember his speech yeah. that he gave. He kept us uh, waiting. We thought he was going to say no I, I'm not going anywhere yeah, actually. Exactly. But and then uh, Ramaphosa finally got the chance um, at the end to give his state of the nation address um, last year in February and it's been a year since then and if we look back at some of his promises then um, what can we expect leading up to Thursday? I know let's talk about one thing Ramaphosa said that he hasn't sort of done yet. He said that it is critical that the structure and the size of the state are, op- are optimally suited to meet the needs of the people and ensure the most efficient allocation of public resources. Basically talking about reducing the size of his cabinets. Mm. We have not seen that yet. Um, do you think this is something that will come up again this year? And do you think that if he hasn't kept to his promises from last year, do you think he's going to do it now? 
Look, um, I expect him uh, to give us an update on what has, has been done. You would understand that uh, he would obviously, in terms of cabinet, uh, when he comes back next year, if, if he wins elections. Uh, so I expect him to at least give us uh, some sort of, okay, we've started as we had promised and maybe this is how far we have been or maybe we have been consulting, that sort of stuff. Um, he probably, this will probably be realized when he, he finally appoints his, uh, his own cabinet uh, so to say, uh, after elections. That's what I expect from him. Do, do you think that the reason why he, he had stalled this for, for years was because he was sort of still entrenching his power within the party at the time last year and he couldn't make such major decisions at the time Sabasa. yeah of course you you can't you can't just get into power and piss people off and and take <laughs> their jobs you know <laughs> so um also he had to i think he had to learn to understand how all these departments work not only on a deputy president uh perspective but on on a pe- president perspective and uh, discuss with his advisors or whoever he's consulting in this whole process but uh mostly i it it wouldn't have been wise for him to to piss off politicians mm-hmm. you know because being being a minister is, is 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 more of a job and power than it is of service so <laughs> when you remove people there uh, you're removing their bargaining power to get chicken somewhere or <laughs> <laughs> you know so or yeah upgrades to their homes. or free upgrades <laughs> and and all these electric fences uh yeah, so he he played that one smart, uh, but it's it's something that we kind of expect him to do when he appoints his own cabinet should he win elections. Yeah, but it's going uh, what you are saying. It's going to be very tricky because now when you are measuring departments, uh, you are saying okay, which department do we kill, and with that, uh, who are we not going to bring back to cabinet, uh, and uh, the rumors about the size of. Uh, or the number of ministries mm. that uh, are already going out there. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be very tricky. And as they say, uh, the appointment of a cabinet it's, uh, either enforces you, entrenches your power and whatnot, or gives you new enemies that are going to contest yeah. you the next time you go to a conference. Look, there's, there's no two ways about it. He's... Even even if he wasn't going to reduce uh, a cabinet, he was still going to have to chop some dead wood and bring in some new people. So either way, he will make friends and he will make enemies and he'll just have to navigate his way through the whole ANC politics. I think every president goes through the same thing. Okay, let's look at some of the promises he did keep to. Or maybe he kept to half-heartedly, if I can put it <laughs> put it like that. Okay, we've had an investor conference, which he promised. Mm-hmm. We've had a job summit, which he's confer- which is um, he's promised as well. And we've had a, a sort of youth development summit as well that he's promised. We haven't really seen the the results from these yet. Obviously, it's been too soon. Um, but also, he's spoke much about changing the leadership of the National Prosecuting Authority. We've mm-hmm. seen that. Shamila mm-hmm. Batoy has been appointed as the NDPP, but we still don't know what that means for South Africa yet. We haven't seen her actually doing her job yet. She just started in the in our office on the 1st of February. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen the sort of um, the consequences or the, the accomplishments from that, from that appointment. Um, he also said that, that he's going to strengthen SARS. Um, the SARS inquiry came to an end last year, obviously putting Tom Moyoni in the worst sort of plight you can possibly imagine. Ooh, die hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what Ramaphosa has not done yet is appoint a new permanent head of the South African Revenue Service. Mm. And I remember Judge Nugent at the time saying it is 
it, it must be done as soon as possible, like yesterday. Well, that was three months ago. <laughs> Is Tom still fighting the president? What's happening there? Yeah, he's still fighting the president. He's going to go all the way up to the constitutional court. He's going to he's going to drag this thing out. Is that why we don't have can. a SARS commissioner um, permanent? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't. It really be. Shouldn't oh, okay. Be. And then let's look at another thing. Um, the big talking point last year was about the restructuring of state-owned um, enterprises. South Africa has been battling with the likes of ESCOM, Denel. Um, Transnet and and, and all these other various states-owned entities for a long time. And Ramaphosa promised to restructure the whole lot. Um, We've seen a whole bunch of new boards being appointed, new chairpersons, um, new directors, new leadership. And um, it seems that we haven't really got anywhere, though, because ESCOM is still in financial stress. So is Transnet, so is Janelle, so is everywhere else. So if we go back to his, his, his sort of promises last year, one can argue that he made all the right promises, he has affected some change in the year that was, but we're still left with the same sort of issues we had last year. What do you guys say? That speech with all those promises would have been perfect for, for now. Because, <laughs> you know, you are sort of giving the state, real state of our nation, but promising that I'm, I'm, I'm your man. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to, this is what I'm going to bring if you bring me back uh, after May. Um, but look, my understanding of the workings of, or, or rather how these state-owned entities, if, if you, you want to focus on that, uh, is that maybe give it a year or two um, because these changes take time uh, to, for you to be able to, to see uh, tangible uh, results uh, on a, a new board, on a, on, a, on a new CEO, if you appoint a CEO, or if you restructure uh, the whole lot uh, it, it's going to take time. So I think maybe after a year or two, we will see whether he's succeeding or is he failing, especially when it comes to this, the, the, the issue of uh, financial troubles and whatnot. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it's been a year, but I mean, uh, yeah. Also, how long did it take to break down the SOEs, you know? Yeah, it, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah, that to, to, should to, to, to that get should them matter to the, too. To the financial troubles that they are faced with now, and 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 corruption, and and uh, yeah. I think I think we must we must applaud the the president on dealing with corruption and issues of accountability. You know, so at least we we can see some progress. At least there is hope. At least there is. <laughs> The, the whole hopelessness, hopelessness that, you know, existed in South Africa before all these commissions, you know, PIC, um, the changes of boards, uh, the State Capture Commission, at least we can say we are moving forward, even though we don't see the results yet. Uh, I would personally, I would like to see accountability in terms of, of people going to jail. I don't know how possible that is. I don't I don't think it's ever going to happen, but it's 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 something that we should at least one day experience in South Africa because we've experienced a lot of of, of corruption and just paying back the money is is not enough anymore. Okay, let's 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 sort of move on back to Ramaphosa State of the Nation address. What do you think? Well, what should he say on Thursday to sort of reignite after all the bizarre allegations against him? Or after all the, the the problems that the country still seems to face in terms of its economy um, and stuff like that, what should Ramaphosa's talking point be on on Thursday? On the issue of uh, Bosasa and also, I'm not optimistic that he's going to say uh, anything uh, 
that he hasn't said uh, or that we don't know just yet. We see uh, this sort of interesting uh, attempts by the opposition uh, to, 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 to get uh, to the bottom of the relationship between Bosasa, uh, his son and whatnot. But uh, on the side of uh, the economy, the promise on uh, jobs uh, and also I'm hoping that uh, after the summits have been held and whatnot and the promises of new investments and all that, he's probably, I'm hoping that he should, uh, he, or rather he will come with a, uh, you know, a, a plan to say, okay, this is how uh, uh, we are going to be working together with the, the, the private sector to realize uh, the promises of job creation and whatnot. But um, you see, if you look at or read uh, the manifesto of the ANC uh, on Jan 8, it didn't leave me very much excited. I, I thought that's where he, he was going to at least detail some sort of plans. I understand maybe after having gone then to Eli Khotla, where you then drill down, this is how we're going to do this, and these are the time frames and whatnot. But it being a, an end of a, a term, I anticipate such a concrete plan uh, over five years to be when he opens parliament with the comeback again. Now I think he will be more about electioneering than uh, real. So, so you expect basically that the ANC is just going to talk about, I mean, Ramaphosa will talk about all that he's done correct. In correct, the past, in, in the, the past, past and probably those promises that, uh, you know, would be over the next five years we are going to not to say by uh, june next year uh, this is what is going to be done this would, would have been done and so on and so Masa, um for you if, if i could rephrase the question from up here if you could name three things that should be ramaphosa's sort of priorities in the states of the nation address for you what would those three things be the issue of unemployment uh, issue of foreign investment issue of land <laughs> uh, listen I'm I'm willing to listen to any politician not just Ramaphosa any politician that has a plan of how to dismantle race-based structural inequality because I believe that is the biggest issue in South Africa so I don't know maybe <sighs> yeah Okay. Maybe if it speaks online, you can touch on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Unfortunately, guys, we're out of time. But thank you so much for joining us this week. Please join us again next week and the weeks that follow heading up to elections. We're going to have so much coverage for you um, when it comes to elections. Apiwe, I know, is going to be worrying about the DA all across the country. <laughs> <laughs> I know Zemasa is going to be speaking to her ANC buddies in KZN in the kingdom. Um, I'm probably going to be stuck on state capture, but I'm going to try and do as much as I can um, out here in Gauteng. We've got a whole team that's going to be watching elections for you guys. So we're going to give you so much better coverage coming up to elections um, in May this year. So join us, stay with us, and thank you so much for joining us this week. 